what will happen in this world while the church has been caught up and made to appear before the judgment seat of Christ did you get my question from our teaching last week Sunday we discovered that after the church has been caught up and then we are in heaven meaning we are now outside of the bracket of time we are outside of the curtains of time we are now in our eternal glorified state and we are with the Lord whilst in heaven mind you there will be some people that will be left here on this earth or in this world two categories of people as a matter of fact those who never believe the gospel and who didn't want to have anything to do with the gospel they will be left behind likewise there will be those who might have heard the gospel who even believed the gospel but took it for granted and felt that well anything goes after all i am cool i'm not a sinner i don't do the things that the others do so i'm cool though they have believed the gospel but they never took it seriously to confess the lordship of jesus after we are gone take note after we are gone those individuals is most likely that many of them is going to dawn on them that hey this gospel that the people were preaching not knowing it was true so now i confess that jesus is my lord so there will be the people who will be born again in those days and they would want to now be serious with god they would now want to like we've got it they will wish that there is a place like this where they can also gather and fellowship yet there is a phenomenon that is going to happen after the church is gone because a majority of us who are gone we are the light of the world it means that once light is gone darkness takes over so the few individuals who will be born again though they are also light are in the minority or will be in the minority it's like a candle in the midst of gross darkness hallelujah let's find out what will be happening whilst we are over there at the judgment seat of christ let's find out what will be happening hallelujah all right i want to state that the history i wanted to make this first statement so that you will appreciate the direction we'll be going okay the history of this world revolves around the nation israel hallelujah I said the history of this world revolves around what? The nation Israel. Why? If you check the history of this world, somewhere along the line, the whole world was corrupted with darkness, with idol worship. And the Bible says God repented. It, it, he regretted. In fact, the actual word is he regretted for creating man. And he planned that he was going to destroy mankind. Which he did. But somebody called Noah. Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so Noah and his household were saved. And then the whole world was flooded. And God drowned the whole world. Out of the generation of Noah. Another group of people emerged on the surface of the earth. Lo and behold. Idol worship multiplied again. Out of some of the descendants of Noah. And idol worship was so strong that. Wow. God felt that look. I still feel like 
destroy mankind because man is continually evil. But here again, he finds a man called Abraham who, while in his father's house, didn't have that heart of worshipping idols. So the Bible says in the book of Genesis that God had said to Abraham that get out of your father's house, get out of your kindred, get out of your people and go to a land that I will show you and that I will make a great nation out of you. And indeed, God promised that I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give this world, as a matter of fact, to you and to your seed. Hallelujah. So, as far as God is concerned, he had nothing to do with the rest of mankind. His covenant, his relationship was with Abraham and his seed. So, out of Abraham came forth the nation Israel. Let me not bore you with all the history that brought about the nation Israel. So, when I say that the history of the world revolves around the nation Israel, all I'm saying is that as far as God is concerned, his covenant is with the nation Israel. Everyone of the Gentile world, the rest of the nations outside of Israel, we, we are called the Gentile world or Gentiles. Everyone who is outside of Israel had no part in the commonwealth of Israel. We were cut off. We were destined for doom and for domination. Hallelujah. Alright. So, I said here that what happens to the nation Israel if the history of the world revolves around the nation Israel, then what happens to the nation Israel has direct prophetic implications on the calendar of the world. Did you get that? I said, what happens to the nation Israel since the history of the world revolves around the nation Israel, whatever you see happening to the nation Israel has direct prophetic implications on the history of the world. You will understand or appreciate that statement as we move on. Take note that whenever the nation Israel rebelled against God, God judged them by allowing Gentile nations to overpower them and to rule over them. I said it last Sunday that when you have a son that you love so much, when a son is misbehaving, correction is what our discipline, Bible says that if you discipline a child, you correct a child, you help the child, okay? Not to, not to, not to be destroyed. And yet, because you love the child, the kind of discipline you would want to give that child may not be as an outsider who didn't give birth to that child. So oftentimes, you find out that parents may discipline their children, but other times, they will prefer that they give such children to maybe a headmaster or a class teacher who will give the lashes. If it's 12 lashes, you may be able to give only 3. But a teacher will give all the 12. Hallelujah. That is the way God deals with the nation Israel. He loves the nation Israel so much that check the history of Israel. Anytime they mess up, God will hand them over to a Gentile nation that will punish them, that will discipline them. And when the nation Israel repents, whenever they go through judgment, in the hands of the Gentile world, whenever they repent, God will turn his wrath away from Israel and to the nation that disciplined them. Say, why are you punishing my son? And then start punishing the Gentile nation. That's how God has dealt with Israel all this while. Alright. So, I said here that such was the case with Israel when they were conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. So, I am picking my, my story from the time Nebuchadnezzar conquered Israel as a nation. Nebuchadnezzar was a great king. The Bible says there was no king like his time. 
His fame was all over the world. And he conquered Israel. But here is the point. I, I was the name Prophet Jeremiah had actually prophesied concerning that conquest. That because of the rebellion of the nation Israel, they will be captured by Nebuchadnezzar the king. And Jeremiah described what kind of conquest it is. How he would destroy the walls of Jerusalem and how all of Israel will go into captivity and they will be in captivity for 70 years. Jeremiah prophesied that. Is that okay? Let me read what I wrote down here. I said, Nebuchadnezzar broke down the walls of Jerusalem and took some of the children of Israel captive into Babylon to train them and use them in Babylon. Among such children were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hallelujah. So while in Babylon, Daniel read the prophecies of prophet Jeremiah and discovered that prophet Jeremiah had prophesied that as a result of their disobedience, and as the nation Israel's disobedience, they would go into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. You can put down these two scriptures. You can make reference to it later. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. Daniel 9 2. And Jeremiah 25 verse 11. Daniel chapter 9 verse 2. Jeremiah 25 verse 11. Now, when Daniel made a discovery, according to the writings of Jeremiah the prophet, the Bible says Daniel began to fast and pray concerning their captivity in Babylon. And in the process, an angel called Gabriel was sent by God to show Daniel God's calendar for the nation Israel. Are you there? Whilst Daniel was fasting and praying, an angel was despised that, hey, this man is con I mean, concerned about his nation. They are in captivity in Babylon and he's crying concerning their nation. He has discovered that Jeremiah had prophesied that they're going to be in captivity for 70 years. And at the time Daniel was praying and fasting, their captivity was almost closed. The 70 years was almost over. And it didn't look like they were going to come out of bondage. So he began to pray and fast. Hallelujah. Can we read Daniel chapter 9? Daniel chapter 9 verses 20 through 27. Let me show you what the angel revealed to Daniel the prophet. Daniel 9, 20 through 27. I read. Now, while I was praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Verse 24. Look at the vision Gabriel, the angel, revealed to Daniel. He says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Verse 25. 
Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous, in troublesome times. Verse 26. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with flood, with a flood, until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Somebody say amen. Oh. Of course, no wonder he said, I have been sent to give you understanding. Because if you read this portion of scripture, you may be wondering, what is this angel telling Daniel. But glory be to God, we are laying a foundation. So I'm sure that as the years go by, as Jesus tarries, we will be building on this foundation. I have written down certain information that will help us to appreciate what is going to happen soon after the church is taken away. Is that okay? From this very scripture we've read. Number one, verse 24 says what? 70 weeks are determined. Now, the Hebrew word translated weeks, take note, is maybe I didn't pronounce it well but I'm pronouncing it based on the phonetics okay and shaobua means a period of seven years shaobua means what I want you to get this one because if you get it you have gotten my message it's a period of what seven years so when the angel says 70 weeks are determined he meant to say they are 70 sevens. It's like a multiplication. 70 by 7 is what? What is 70 by 7? 70 times 7 is what? 490. Glory be to God. One day in the future, as we build on this foundation, you will begin to appreciate in the law how God gave them times and seasons. To the extent that even when Jeremiah was prophesying about their captivity, he also said 70 years. There is something about 70, there is something about 40, there is something about the numbers by which God deals with his people. Okay, But I don't have the time and the space to give all those details. But here, the angel also says, there's going to be 70 shaobua, 70 sevens. Now, so we are saying that 70 by 7 is 490 years. Take note of what is going to happen within 790 years. Number verse 24, he says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. Who do you think was commissioned to end sins in this world? Who? Jesus Christ. So as far as God's salvation for Israel is concerned, God wanted to exterminate sin forever. His dealing was with the nation Israel. He had nothing to do with the Gentile world. And his commission was to send his son one day who will make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Then he said to bring in everlasting righteousness. This is not periodic righteousness. Everlasting righteousness. Who, who brought everlasting righteousness? I'm asking. It's Jesus Christ. So it tells you that God was saying that I have a calendar for Israel. It's going to be 490 years. And within that 490 years, my my 
son that I will send into this world will accomplish these things we have just read in Daniel chapter 9 verse 24. Alright. Let's take note. There are three divisions of this 490 years. What did the angel say? Number one, he says, Know therefore, verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the prince, there shall be seven weeks. Is that okay? Okay. Let me just give you how, you see, the verse jammed everything together, but let me break it into three so you get the picture. This is what I wrote down here. I said there are three divisions of these 70 weeks. Seven sevens. That is in verse 25. He says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem unto Messiah the prince, there shall be seven weeks. That is seven sevens. What is he saying here? When Daniel, uh, what's the name? Prophet Jeremiah, 70 years have been accomplished or were accomplished. At the time, they were in Babylon. Israel was in Babylon in captivity. At the end of the 70th year, according to Prophet Jeremiah's prophecy, there will be a command to restore. In fact, it was Nebuchadnezzar himself. Okay? As it were, who or other kings? No, not Nebuchadnezzar. There were other kings that followed Nebuchadnezzar. Who gave the command that, look, let's, let these people go and rebuild their, their city. Is that okay? Alright. So, from the command to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, okay, till it is finished, it's seven sevens or seven weeks. In other words, it took a period of 49 years for the walls of Jerusalem to be built and to be completed. Please, are you getting the point? Alright. So, I said 49 years for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Then, number two, he said in verse 25 again, he says, until Messiah the prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The 62 weeks, that is 62 sevens. 62 by seven is what? Those who have mathematical mind. It's 434. Some say 434. So, 434 years from the completion of the city at the end of the 49 years to the time the Messiah is cut off or crucified for men. What does that mean? Okay, let's, let's take note of the two first divisions. I said from the time they start rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem till it is completed, according to the revelation by Angel Gabriel, it's going to be 49 years. Okay? Then from that completion of the rebuilding of the temple to the time Messiah, who is the Messiah? Is Jesus Christ is cut off. Bible says not for himself. He was cut off, not for himself. So from the time the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt and everything was completed till the time Messiah was cut off, it's a period of 62 sevens. That is 434 years. Now, if you add 49 years to 434 years, what do you get? What do you get? 483. Someone say 483. We said 70 weeks were determined as far as God's dealing with Israel is concerned. Is that right? That's 490 years. Now, out of the 490 years, we have seen seven sevens, that is 49 years, was used to rebuild the temple as well as the walls of Jerusalem. From the building of the temple till Messiah was cut off is 480. 
34 years. So a period of 483 years have already been accomplished. Let me give you a picture of what God did. Oh, did you hear what the angel said to Daniel? He says, in verse 26, and after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. Hey, but not for himself. Did you hear that? Messiah shall be what? Cut off. Do you know that at the end of the 40, 483 years, if the Messiah had not been cut off, you and I wouldn't have come in. Because as far as at that time, Jesus Christ was 33 years. So it was left with seven years, which is the last week. It was left with seven years for him to finish. Let me not misquote it. Verse 24. For him to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness. He was going to do this for Israel alone. And yet God in his love. Let me tell you, God is love. Tell your neighbor, God is love. God in his love determined that, look, instead of just dealing with the nation Israel, after Messiah is cut off, and why was Messiah cut off? Messiah was cut off because he came to his own and his own did not receive him. So they pierced him on the tree. They rejected him. Till today, the nation Israel doesn't believe that Jesus Christ, that we have embraced as our Lord and our Savior, is the Messiah. Till today. Are you following people of God? Yeah, till today. But ultimately, they will acknowledge that. We will see it very soon. So, Messiah was cut off, not for himself. He was cut off. In the book of Romans, we are told that, Romans chapter 11, okay, we are told that the, 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 the true olive tree was cut off. The branch was cut off so that we, as wild olives, will be engrafted, will be fixed in. God loves the world. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world. Which world? The world of sinners. So much that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, although his original program was with the nation Israel, because Israel, and it was God's own plan, that after Israel has rejected the Messiah, he will provoke them to jealousy by bringing us in. So we have become partakers of the commonwealth of Israel. We are even of a higher class than the nation Israel because we are a new creation. Both Jew and Gentile who have believed the gospel, we are a new set of people. We are the first and the best of God's creation. According to Romans chapter 1, the verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. First for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Why did he say first for the Jew? Because they, to whom? To Israel belong salvation. But they rejected it. Are you following me? I'm going to the first final judgment. That's why I'm giving you this background. Is that okay? Alright. So, Messiah was cut off at the end of 483 years. Meaning that as far as God's dealing with Israel is concerned, it's left with how many years? For my calculation, it's left with how many years? Seven years. Someone said seven years. Thank you. That's good. It's left with one week because he said there will be seven weeks there will be 62 weeks, making 69 weeks, and it's left with one week. And I told you that one week, the week is Shaobua, which means sevens. So as far as God's dealing with Israel is concerned, he is left with one week to accomplish his covenant with the nation Israel. But Messiah was cut off. And from that time Messiah was cut off until the church is taken away in the rapture, there is no calculation of time. 
He has just opened the door of salvation to everybody who believes, both Jew and Gentile. Come in, come in. One of these days, people of God, that curtain will be drawn. And when that curtain is drawn, God will turn his attention to the nation Israel to finish the last seven years, the last one week. Are you okay? So that is why we must preach the gospel because this is the opportunity. It's like a window that has been opened. We couldn't enter through the door. But God just said, hey, I want to save mankind. So I've opened a window. Everybody who can come in, come in. Come in. We must tell the gospel to those who have rejected the salvation because after we are gone, it's not going to be the same. Grace will not be working the way it's working for us. It's going to be very difficult. It will be as though you must save yourself with your own blood. Especially those who believe the gospel in those days. Many of them who will still hold on to their faith will suffer for their own salvation. Hallelujah. Alright, so I wrote down here, I said... One seven, that is seven years. One seven, that's one week, okay? Which is the last seven years of this age will, which will end with the second advent of Christ. That is the coming of Christ to the earth. And I will explain that as we go on. The last one week, the last seven years, that seven years will end when Christ shall come back to the earth with us and the angels. Hallelujah. So I said that as far as the calendar of God for the nation Israel is concerned, 483 years out of the 490 years are gone. It is left with seven years for God to bring into fulfillment Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 as far as the nation Israel is concerned. Okay? All right. Do you know, I said here, it is upon the basis of Daniel 9, 24 that Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 to 27 that Israel will be saved. Let's go there, Romans 11. Romans chapter 11, verse 11, oh, verse 25 rather. 25 through 27. Can I read? Paul said, for I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. It's a mystery. It's a hidden secret. Lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Did you hear that? Blindness in part is like partial blindness. They have been blinded Partially, so that the fullness of the Gentiles will come in. God is calling the whole world. Come in, come in, come in. Because very soon, the curtain is going to close. Especially in our contemporary times, when you can see the signs. I hope you know that Israel seeks, I don't know whether they have already done it, but they seek to relocate their capital to Jerusalem. Is that right? It's very significant. Have they done it? They have. Very significant. And I will tell you some details. If not today, as we build on this, on, on this revelation, hallelujah. Look at verse 26. And so all Israel, someone say all, Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them. 
what I take when I take away their sins. Hallelujah. God made a covenant. And he says, my covenant will I not break. So, Apostle Paul said, look, it is blindness that has happened to Israel in part so that the fullness of the Gentiles will come in, but Israel will be saved. We're going to see that kind of salvation ultimately. Hallelujah. My question here is, how will Israel be saved? Let's go on. How will Israel be saved? Listen, after the church is taken away from this world in the rapture, there is a gentleman who is an influential person or who will be an influential person and who is believed to be the antichrist. He will be revealed. The Bible calls him the man of sin. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. You can write it down and make reference to it later. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the verses 3 and 4. Hallelujah. Let me give you a picture as I've come to the place of the Antichrist. I hope you know scripture tells us, I believe it's John who told us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world. I hope you know that. Anti means what? Against. So we have those who are for Christ and those who are against Christ. The spirit that is against Christ is already at work in this world. Except that in the fullness of time, after the church is taken away, that spirit will now, quote unquote, possess, let me put it that way, okay, possess a personality. In fact, scripture makes us to understand that even Satan will give him, that person, his seat, Satan's seat, he will give his seat and his authority and power to that person to function in his name. So it tells you that that person is not an ordinary person. He is empowered by satanic enablement. And he also has a, a prophet. The Bible calls him the false prophet. The Antichrist in scripture is referred to as the first beast. He will operate with the second beast who is the false prophet who will deceive the people in those times with many wonderful, mighty miracles and signs and wonders. And yet they are false. Are you there? Alright. So, I said that after we are gone, the man of sin will be revealed. Do you know why he cannot be revealed now? Because we are around. We are the light of the world. We are the reason why darkness has not taken over completely yet. Darkness is already in this world, but as light of the world, we are suppressing darkness. So, darkness is operating and yet it's not having full room. But when the light is gone and it's left with just little light like fickle, you know fickle? A fickle is something that can just be quenched easily, like a candle light. When it's left with the many, I mean few spots of believers around the world, they are not in the majority. So, darkness rather would take over. And then the man of sin will be revealed because that spirit that has been operating in this world will now occupy a vessel. And that person is an influential person. Hallelujah. Okay. I said here that the Antichrist's first mission will be to do away with all forms of fundamentalism. What is fundamentalism? A fundamentalist is one who holds dearly and tenaciously to the tenets of his faith. You can call him an extremist and you are right. Okay, for instance, what we are doing, we are branded as the world as fundamentalists. As far as the world's definition of fundamentalism is concerned, we are seen as fundamentalists because we don't want to compromise. Assuming, okay, for instance, they say another religion, I don't want to mention any religion, assuming they say another religion should come 
and join us today in our worship and we are worshiping together. Will you agree? That is why they see us as fundamentalists. Likewise, because the nation Israel is expecting the Messiah. That is their mentality. They believe that they did not know that there was a portion God left as a mystery. That in between the 40, 483 years with Israel and the 490 years, there was going to be a gap where the Gentiles would come in. They didn't know. So they saw that, ah, this man, we thought that he was coming. If he was truly the Messiah, then he should have saved us. Why is he talking about uh, he's going to die and all those things? Then let's kill him. He's talking about he's the son of God. Let's kill him. So they cut him off, but not for himself. It was for our salvation. Hallelujah. All right. So the nation Israel, in expecting the Messiah, will also be branded as fundamentalists because they, will, they would have rebuilt the temple. Once Israel has relocated their capital in Jerusalem, then definitely the next plan is for them to rebuild the temple. Mind you, the temple that was built okay, for 49 years was destroyed in the year 70 AD. Is that right? Scripture makes us to understand. It's even in the scripture we just read. Daniel chapter 9. Maybe time will not permit me to, for me to go into that details. But another time I can explain how one of the verses we read in Daniel chapter 9 reveals that the prince that shall come in those days shall, you know, make an end of that temple. So the temple has been destroyed and Israel was scattered in 70 AD. So now Israel was born as a nation just 1940 what? 1940 something. Is it 48 or 46? Just some few years ago. And 48, thank you. 1948. And as a nation, just some few weeks ago, they have now managed to, as it were, gain Jerusalem as their capital. And what how do you think that's going to be? They are going to say that, look, if now we have Jerusalem, because Jerusalem is the, is the city of contention. The whole battle revolves around Jerusalem. Are you there? So, if we have regained Jerusalem, then automatically let's rebuild the temple and await the Messiah. Because they know that when the Messiah comes, he will pray from that temple. So, if you are seeing the signs that Israel has relocated their capital to Jerusalem, then it's a sign that the next thing is going to happen. But here comes this influential person, okay? Who knows that the Palestinian nations surrounding Israel are also contesting for the same place called Jerusalem. So this man is going to say that, wow, you know what? I can guarantee I'm just paraphrasing scripture. I can guarantee that it is true that there have been many peace accords that have been signed in year past. They couldn't implement them. But here comes this influential person who says that, look, I can guarantee that let's sign a final peace accord. Okay, once Israel has relocated to Jerusalem and then there's a bone of contention, others are also saying that we also want Jerusalem, there's going to be friction because that's the same place some people also want to build their mosque. Are you there? Once Israel want to build their temple, some people also say this place, we will build our mosque. So this influential person will say, okay, no problem, I'm going to guarantee that Israel can dwell in peace with her neighbors and let's experiment it for a period of seven years. You didn't hear seven years? Let's experiment it for seven years. It's, it's, it's part of the scripture we read. Maybe, can we go back to Daniel 9? Let me show you. Daniel 9. 
Karaba Sandoska. Scripture is wonderful. Daniel chapter 9. Okay. Look at, let me read from verse 26 into 27. It says, And after since the two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come. This is what I was talking about. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. This happened in 70 AD. Okay? The people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood and until the end of the desolation. War, until the end of the, of the war, desolations are determined. Verse 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Did you hear that? He will confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. I will explain all these things. Hallelujah. What is scripture saying here? This man comes up and says that, look, I can guarantee that Israel can dwell at peace with her neighbors. And let's establish a covenant. Let's make an agreement. Let's sign a peace accord. And let this peace accord, if it lasts for a period of seven years and there is no agitation and there is no war and there is no trouble between Israel and the neighbors, then it means that that peace accord will work. Hmm. But Bible said, what we just read, he said, but in the middle of the week, that means, what is middle of the week? We said one week is what? How many years? So in the middle of the week will be how many years? Three and a half years. Now, in the middle of the week, he will breach his own contract, his own agreement. Why will he do that? I will explain. Hallelujah. I said the first mission of the Antichrist is to do what? To do away with all forms of fundamentalism. So, he makes a covenant with Israel and then the, the rule is that everybody must worship you know it's like bringing all religions under one umbrella even in our time do you know they have experimented it there have been times where some religions plus some people who also say they are Christians also join with the religions and then they went under one roof to go and worship all these things are pointing to the man of sin who will come and enforce these things into reality. Number two, soccer, for instance, has been used to experiment the working of this one world government, one world religion. Because the object of FIFA as a soccer you know, ruling body is to do away with racism. Okay, so they have put all nations together, and then you see how you know we have cooperated. You see nations playing against nations, and there's no trouble. But all these things are to let you know that it can work to them, in quotes, it can work that all nations can dwell, so there is no division. There is nothing like anybody saying, I am black or white. There's nothing like anybody saying, I am Christian or I'm Muslim. Let's bring all religions under one umbrella. It looks nice, it sounds nice, and yet that is not God's mission for. The true peace that he has brought to this world through his son Jesus Christ. Okay? That's not God's plan of bringing peace. In fact, according to Daniel chapter 8 verse 25, you can write it down and check it later. Daniel 8 25. The Bible says that this man of sin, this antichrist, he will promote craft. You know craft? Manufacturing industries. 
He will promote a lot of wonderful things. In fact, the, the world will make so much progress that they will say, aha, this is what we've been looking for. Eh? Instead of us being fundamentalists, let's all be one. Let's all, let all races come together. Let all religions come together. So anybody who is seen as a fundamentalist, like those who will be born again in those days, they will be martyred, okay? Those are the days when people will be calling for death and death will say, hey, me? I don't kill anybody any longer. Because death knows that at that time, he too, his time is almost up. So you will call for death and death say, no, no, no. I used to kill people, but these days, I don't kill anybody. Me too, I'm running away. Because death will die also. You will wish that the stone will fall on you and you're going to sleep. Say today, I wish that not us, by the grace of God, I believe all of us will be caught up and gone. I'm talking to the generation that will live in those days. Where people want to have a place of worship and the only place is to go and hide in some cave somewhere. Go and hide somewhere because hey, everywhere is hot. Once you are a fundamentalist and you are adhering to the tenets of your faith, you are so religious, you believe that this is the way to worship us you know that you are under the onslaught of the wicked one because it will come to a time where you cannot buy or sell or do business unless you have a mark of the antichrist either on your forehead or on your arm and his name written on you that is that's going to be like we use our credit card that's going to be the proof of transaction in this world so once you are not having that it means you are fundamentalist and you must suffer for it okay so here comes this antichrist who says that, I mean, I was telling you that in Daniel 8, 25, he will promote craft and business and peace. The Bible says, and he shall destroy many by that same peace. Let me read it. You will see Daniel 8, 25. Maybe for the, for the sake of hmm, he would, can you imagine when peace can be used to destroy? Have you heard that before? No wonder scripture says, Jesus said, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. The Bible says, one of the prophets said, for they have destroyed the head of my people slightly. For they have healed, rather. They have healed the head of the daughter of my people slightly. Saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. What the world's peace is only superficial. It's like a wound that is not healed. They only cover it. And they say, oh, it's peace. Meanwhile, the root, the source, the cause of that wound is still there. Hallelujah. Daniel 8.25. Let me show you what the Antichrist will do. Bible says, through his cunning. Did you hear the word? Cunning. Who is a cunning person? Sly. Who is very smart. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper. Deceit will prosper under his rule. And he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes. That's Jesus. Towards the end of that seven years, he shall rise against the prince of princes. When we are coming back to the earth, he shall rise against him. And you will discover that he will be the first to go into the everlasting fire, even before Satan. But he shall be broken without human means. Hallelujah. I, this is New King James. In the King James, whoever has King James, you will see that he will destroy many with, your, with what? Do you have it in your King James? Read it for us. And through his policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hands. And he shall magnify himself in his heart. And by peace shall destroy many. Did you hear that? By what? Peace. Have you seen peace destroying before? This is craftiness. This is deceit. All right. It is like the way it's happening in this world. Oh, let us all be one. We are one people. We may all look the same. But we are not the same on the inside. Are you there? 
Don't fall for the world's craftiness. This is the deceit of Satan. He shall promote craft. In other words, many industries. If you think you have seen craft, towards the last seven years of this age, you will see proper development. You will see mighty, wonderful manufacturing, whatever. Everything. It's, oh, the world is one. But here is the point I'm making. I said, remember, the first mission of the Antichrist will be to do away with all forms of fundamentalism. But because the nation Israel is currently expecting the promised Messiah, they will build the temple again in Jerusalem and observe all the temple worship in expectation of the Messiah. This is where the problem is going to start from. So in the middle of the seven years, the man has covenanted with them that let's experiment. Israel can be at peace with the neighbors. Let's experiment it for seven years. If it works for seven years, then it can work forever. But during the period, three and a half years into that covenant, the Antichrist will realize that these people want to be fundamentalists. They want to be an extremist. They want to just be peculiar. Whereas he is trying to bring all religions under one umbrella. So what will the Antichrist do? I said this is what will infuriate the Antichrist. It will annoy him. It will provoke him. He wants to rule the whole world. Because it will mean the nation Israel still wants to be extremists. The Antichrist will therefore enter Judea. According to scripture. I will show you the scriptures very soon. He will enter Judea. To take over Jerusalem as his capital with the Jewish temple as his capital building exalting himself as God to be worshipped in their temple what does that mean? if you say you are looking for Messiah then he say that then I am the Messiah come and worship me he will enter their temple put down this scripture 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Matthew 24, verse 15. Time will not permit me, but you can read these verses when you go home. You will see what I'm talking about. Bible calls it the, the, abom, the, the worst abomination ever. The worst abomination. Where a throne that Israel has put in their temple awaiting the Messiah, here comes a man. He's not even a Jew. But he goes into that temple and says, if you say you are looking for Messiah, I'm the Messiah. Come and worship me. And Israel will say, no, 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 no. We know you. You are not the Messiah. So look at what is happening. When the nation Israel refuses to submit to such blasphemy, it was called blasphemy. Even Jesus spoke about it in Matthew 24 and 25. It's called blasphemy. When the nation Israel refuses to submit to such blasphemy, the Antichrist will mobilize the nations of the world. To beseech Israel with the aim of exterminating the nation Israel. I hope you know that there have been a couple of times where some people have decided or decided to exterminate. To exterminate means to do away completely. Let's annihilate them. Let's remove them from the surface of the earth. Let's finish them. I hope you know in history there have been times like that. Towards the same nation. This one is going to be the worst. Okay. I said here that they will convince themselves, the nations of the world will convince themselves that the only way for the world to enjoy lasting peace will be to do away with the nation Israel. It's, it's like it is satanic conviction. Satan's aim is to do away with the covenant that God had with the nation Israel. So hey, the only way you people can just have lasting peace 
let's remove this nation. So you find the nations of the world gathering against the nation Israel. And some strange things will happen to the nation Israel. I want at this juncture to explain something that has, has not been explained in the church of Jesus Christ worldwide. And from this pulpit, I pray that this particular explanation will reach every great, every young preacher, every young believer, every great believer to know that there is a difference between what the Bible calls tribulation and what the Bible also calls the great tribulation. Until we draw the distinction, we will confuse the two and believe that the church is to go through the great tribulation. In John chapter 16 verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you shall have what? Tribulation. The King James says tribulation. They said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So as far as our existence in this world is concerned, there's already tribulation. What is tribulation? Trouble. That's tribulation. But there is a difference between the tribulation we are going through and the great tribulation the nation Israel and those who believe the gospel in those days will go through. Okay. Let me show you. Can we read Matthew 24 verse 15 through 22. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Did you hear that? When you see, Jesus is talking to the nation Israel here. When you see that the abomination of the desolation, where the Antichrist has entered the temple, says that, saying that I am the Christ that you are expecting. So if you say you are expecting Messiah, then worship me. Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, then he, he said, whoever reads, let him understand. Verse 16. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to, to those who are nursing babies in those days. Some say in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Why in winter? Because when there's cold, you know you cannot just, just come out. Verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation. Some say great. For then, this is not the tribulation all of us are going through. This is the greatest. The highest. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world. Until this time. No. Nor ever shall be. Are you seeing the point? This is the worst form of what we are going through. Hasn't people, I mean, haven't people gone through worse than what we are going through in this world? So you cannot call this one great tribulation. He is saying that there shall be great tribulation such as the world has never experienced and will never be again. Verse 22. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh will be saved. But for the elect's sake, who are the elect here? That's the nation Israel. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Hallelujah. I will tell you why God had to shorten the whole thing and you will see why he will shorten it. Hallelujah. Verse 23. Did I say up to verse 22? So let me just uh, stop at 22. Hallelujah. But look at Zechariah 13. You will see something there. Zechariah. Zechariah also prophesied something. Verse 13, uh, verse 8 and 9. Zechariah, the prophet. Zechariah should be 
Is it the last but one book? Before Malachi, yeah. Zechariah chapter 13. Verse 8 and 9. Look at Zechariah, Zechariah's prophecy. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two thirds in it shall be cut off and die. <clears throat> but one third shall be left in it. I will bring the one third through the fire. Someone say through the fire. Will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people and each one will say, the Lord is my God. Somebody say amen. I don't know whether you are seeing the picture. This is a very serious matter. You know how the nation Israel, as small as that nation is, is so fortified, said that it's difficult for you to find any nation intruding and messing up. Am I saying the truth? You touch one and they will touch hundred. Is that right? This is a nation that fights like no other. And it's like, who is this nation? Who is this nation? But during this time, Zechariah prophesied and lets us know that because the nations of the world under the leadership of the Antichrist will determine that, look, let's eliminate this. I hope you know some nations already have prepared some uranium bombs. And some bombs, if they throw it on your land, they will just melt your land. I'm telling you, I believe that those gadgets are going to be utilized during such time. Such that, look, let's, let's exterminate this nation. So according to Zechariah, two thirds will be cut off and die. That's a serious matter, is that right? Divide this house into three. Then two out of the three are cut off and they are, they are just killed. Do you know what is going to happen? The one third that remain. Because there will be some people that will be preaching. I will, I will not have the time. But the Bible calls them that the virgins. One forty-four thousand people, which some people believe that they are the only people that will go to heaven. It's a lie. These people would have believed the gospel and would have believed that the Messiah that Israel rejected is the Messiah who came and they pierced him on the tree. So they would be preaching in the land in those days. That hey, the Messiah rejected is the Messiah to come. 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. They will be preaching to them. Repent, accept the Messiah. So for the first time, when Israel realizes that they are going, they are killing them. Everywhere. I mean, you can imagine when two thirds of your land is destroyed and everybody is gone. The one third that remain will be compelled to, uh, to believe the gospel of the one for the four thousand. That then, the Messiah we rejected is the Messiah who was to come. So we accept him. So for the first time in the history of the world, you will find one whole nation calling on God for the first time in the name of Jesus. It has never happened before. But it will happen. This is what Paul says in Romans 11, that Israel will be saved. Oh, glory. I love this. They will call on God. Look at what I just read here. He said, I will bring the wanted through the fire. Some said through the fire. This is the first final judgment. We are dealing with three final judgments. The first final judgment is the wanted that remain. They will go through the fire. It is called the fires of the great tribulation. It's going to be horrible. Don't exist in this world during those times. Whether dead or alive. Be ready for Jesus because he's coming for his church. I will bring the wanted through the fire. 
will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. I hope you know how gold is tested. Those who have seen gold going through fire, you purify them. It's not going to be an easy job. Then he said, they will call on my name. Did you hear that? What is the name of the Godhead? Jesus Christ. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people and each one will say, the Lord is my God. In other words, for the first time, they will confess that Jesus is Lord. He's the Messiah. Do you know that this is the call that will bring us? Jesus. All of us, according to scripture, on white horses. Jesus. All the saints and the angels we will come from heaven and land on Mount Olivet, according to scripture, and fight the battle of Armageddon. Glory be to God. Let me go on. I said, it is upon the call on God by the nation Israel for deliverance in the name of Jesus that will compel Jesus to return to the earth towards the end of the last three and a half years of this age. So, in the middle of the last seven years of this age, this is the age we are living in, the age of grace. is the age of the church. There will be some people who will be born again in those days, but they will be in the minority. And that age will end towards the last end of the seven years. I mean, the, the, towards the end of that seven years. It is, it is based upon their call, the, the nation Israel's call, that will bring us to the earth towards the end of the last three and a half years of this age. Then I said, the Lord Jesus Christ will come back to the earth and land on Mount Olivet with his army. And the army is made up of all the saints and his mighty angels. I wanted to put down the scriptures. We may not have the time to write it, but read it, but you can write it and check what I'm saying, whether it's true or not. Zechariah 14, 1 to 7. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 1 to 7. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 to 9. And Revelations 19, 11 to 21. Revelations 19, 11 to 21. So I said here that we will fight the battle of Armageddon when we land on Mount Olivet. You can write down Revelation 16, verse 15 to 16. Okay. So, have you seen the first final judgment? That is the nation Israel going through it. Alright. I said here, the first two people to be judged will be the Antichrist and his false prophet. They will be cast alive into the lake of fire. Even before Satan goes into the lake of fire, the first two people, according to Revelation 19.20, you can write it down. Revelation 19.20. When we shall land on Mount Olivet and fight the battle of Armageddon, what is going to happen is that the first two people, even before anything is done, is the Antichrist and his false prophet, they will be cast alive into the lake of fire. The rest of the people who have the mark of the beast will be killed by the sword which proceeds from the mouth of the Lord Jesus. That's Revelation 19 21. Revelation 19 21. Then I said, Yes, yeah, Satan will then be bound by an angel. Have you seen how powerless Satan is? Just an angel. Not many angels. Satan will then be bound by an angel with a great chain and be cast into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. That's Revelation 20 verse 1 to 3. Revelation 20 verse 1 to 3. Okay. So, you can see the picture. The Antichrist and his false prophet are going into the everlasting fire. 
the rest of the people that were with the Antichrist, because they all have the mark of the beast, fire will come from, the, I mean the sword of Jesus from his mouth. I don't know how the sword looks like. It will just kill all of them. Hmm. And then Satan will be bound by an angel and cast into the bottomless pit. And remember, he is the senior deceiver. So it means that there will be less deception during those days. Is that okay? For a thousand years. Then the rest of the people that remain are going to be judged according to Matthew 25. Let's read the first three verses here I have written down and I will ask you to read the rest later. Matthew 25. Let me show you. I'm going to the second final judgment. The first final judgment is on the nation Israel who will go through the fires of the great tribulation. But the second judgment, see what's going to happen. Matthew 25. Let me read verses 31 through 33. But you can put down from 34 to 46 and read it at your own convenience. 31 through 33 of Matthew 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Someone say the throne of his glory. This is not the judgment seat of Christ. It is the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left. Somebody say amen. Time will not permit me but let me just give you a picture. At this juncture all the nations of the world are going to be judged. Every nation that supported Israel during the great tribulation will be separated on the right hand of Jesus and called the sheep nations. All the nations that supported the Antichrist against Israel will be, will be separated on the left hand of Jesus and they will be called the goat nations. So all the goat nations are going to be destroyed according to scripture. And the sheep nations will enter the thousand year reign with Christ. Are you there? Okay. I wrote it down here. I said the sheep nations are the nations that will support Israel during the great tribulations. The God nations are the nations that will join the armies of the Antichrist against the nation Israel. The sheep nations will enter into the millennium or the thousand year reign with Christ. Can I give you a picture? I want to show you something. Do you remember in the early days after the fall? Do you remember in the early days after Adam sinned? Man could live up to 900 and something years, 800 and something years. Alright? Bible says that what has been will be. In other words, there is nothing new under the sun. Whatever we have heard and read, you will see it happen during the thousand year reign. What is going to happen is that, of course, at the time, we are in our glorified state. We are not natural beings. We are supernatural. We have our glorified bodies and we are reigning with Christ for a thousand years. What is the essence of the thousand years? Maybe one day I can teach you that in detail, but the essence of it is to put down all rule, all rebellion, all, all sin. It is just to exterminate sin from the surface of the earth. And it starts with his thousand year reign. And his headquarters will be in Jerusalem and will be posted to various nations of the world to rule with him. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. Hallelujah. This is a picture. So the sheep nations will enter the millennium. That is, when we say millennium, we are saying thousand years. Okay? They will enter the millennium with Christ. They are natural people. Do you know this is when the idea of God telling 
Adam that be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth will start but it will actually continue in the world to come when we start building on this foundation I will give you some pictures after the white throne judgment is that okay but you find natural people living on the earth they are fruitful they are multiplying and it's a wonderful season in fact because Satan is bound and cast into the bottomless pit sin is reduced to the minimum to the extent that if you find somebody called a sinner Okay, if somebody, according to Isaiah 65, verse 20, okay, according to Isaiah 65, verse 20, he says that the sinner, if you find somebody who is, who is dead at the age of 100, then he says, ah, this person maybe was a sinner. That's why he has died as an infant. So at 100, in those days, they will call somebody who dies at 100 an infant. <laughs> Glory be to God. Isaiah 65, verse 20, you can check it. Hallelujah. So the sinner will die, I mean, very young. And that's 100. But people will live up to 900 and something. Those who will be born in those days, some will live up to 900 and something. And forever, you can imagine. But towards the close of that thousand year reign, the Bible says that Satan hmm, will be released from the bottomless pit. And he will go to the four quarters of the earth. The Bible mentions some names, Gog and Magog. You can check your, 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 your history map and you discover that Gog and Magog are in the regions of Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, those nations. He will go into those nations and then deceive them that, hey, let's march towards their camp, the camp of the saints, where our headquarters is in Jerusalem. Let's march towards them and let's fight them. And the Bible says that they will be as, as, as numerous as the sun of the sea. That's the power of deception. Can you imagine somebody who was cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years? Just for the brief period he was released, he managed to deceive people who live for a thousand years with Christ. He managed to deceive them that let's march towards their camp and finish them. And the Bible says fire will come from heaven and consume all of them. Hallelujah. All right. I wrote it down here. So when Satan is released from the bottomless pit towards the close of the thousand year reign of Christ, he will make one final attempt to organize the Gentile nations in rebellion against Christ and his kingdom. But fire will come down from God out of heaven to devour all of them. Revelation 20 verse 7 to 9. You can write down. Revelation 20 7 to 9. Look at what's going to happen. Satan himself will then be cast into the everlasting fire and he will be the third person to go into that place after the Antichrist and his false prophet. Revelations 20 verse 10. Okay? So what are we saying here? We have seen two judgments, alright? The first final judgment is the great tribulation judgment that Israel as a nation will go through. Then we have the judgment of the Gentile nations where Jesus will separate some nations and call them God's nations because they supported the Antichrist against his people Israel. So they will be killed. They won't even enter the millennium. And then we have the sheep nations who will enter the millennium with him because they supported the nation Israel. And those sheep nations will reign with him for a thousand years and we will rule over them hmm. as a glorified people. And for a thousand years, time will not permit me. One day when I give some details of the thing that will happen in a thousand years, it's a wonderful season. In fact, it tells you that this age will close towards the last seven years of God's dealing with Israel, okay? So the thousand year reign is not part of this age. It's a different dispensation. Our dispensation ends at the end when we shall come back from heaven to land on Mount Olivet. But thousand years continuing is a different dispensation. And towards the end of the thousand years, Satan will be released who deceives many against 
the people of, of Christ and they will be consumed. Then let's go to the final judgment. The final judgment of the three final judgments. Hallelujah. I said with this defeat of Satan's uprising, all rebellion will be purged from among those living on earth. It will then remain to judge the dead of all previous, previous ages. Can I say that again? You just get the picture. Um, we remember that we said God is a judge of all. Do you remember? When we, started, when we started talking about the judgment of God, we said God is a judge of all. So he will judge both the living and the dead. So, after Satan has been cast into the everlasting fire, being the third to go there, okay, so what, what remains? And he has purged iniquity from the surface of the earth. It remains that let's now judge there. I mean, uh, what do you call it? De those who are dead. I mean, all the previous ages dead, including the age of the thousand year reign. Because according to Isaiah 65 verse 20, which I told you, the sinner will die at the age of 20. Okay? It means that those people have not gone through judgment yet. So they will, there will be some people who will live during the thousand year reign who will be sinners. And there will be some people who will live during the thousand year reign who may die, but they may not die as sinners. They may die as righteous, but maybe they died at 950 something. So those people, when they appear at the white throne judgment, it tells you that they are going into everlasting glory. Are you getting the picture? So there are some people who live during the thousand year reign who been, it's not all the people who appear at the white throne judgment who will go into domination. I want to give you a picture. Because some people will do right during the thousand year reign and therefore they will enter into the world to come. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 20. Let me show you a scripture. Look at Revelations 20 verse 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no more place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and hell, that is Hades, delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Somebody say amen. This is the ultimate end of all sin and rebellion against the authority and holiness of almighty God to be cast forever into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Somebody say amen. Let me summarize all that I've said so far. Why is God doing all these things? He never created sin, mind you, in the first place. Sin originated in Lucifer in heaven. And that's how iniquity entered God's universe. And he has purpose that forever sin should never come into his kingdom, whether in heaven or on earth. So all throughout history, ever since sin entered, God has made efforts to purge sin. Man keeps being rebellious. God keeps purging sin. But ultimately, even the dead, hell, look at it. People who have been in hell, languishing in hell, suffering in hell, hell will give up all the dead in them. Hell will say, me too, my time is coming. It's like somebody is pregnant and he releases all these people. I'm sure it will be some temporary relief. 
Because for the first time, you are not suffering the fires of hell. But you will stand before the white throne judgment. To come and find out, is your name in the book of life? If it's not there, then I'm a fair judge. So I am right to cast you this time. Not Hell is like a cell. But once you are judged, you go into everlasting imprisonment. Which is the everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never prepared for any human being. According to Matthew 25 verse 41, it was never prepared for any human being. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. Unfortunately, very unfortunately, some humans have already found themselves in hell. And once you are there, there's no second chance. But there will be some people who will live during the millennium, who may die before the millennium ends. And maybe they may die at the age of 900 and something who are righteous, when they appear before the white throne judgment, according to their judgment and the judgment of their works, they will enter into the everlasting kingdom, which is the world to come. One day we'll talk about the world to come. Isaiah has already prophesied in Isaiah 65 that this one will not be remembered nor come to mind by reason of the one to come. Don't settle here, child of God. You see, some people say, will God be so wicked to destroy the world? He's not going to destroy the world. He wants to renovate the world. It is like you have a property. Let's say this whole estate, trade fair, is your estate, okay? And you now want to build skyscrapers. Every, every building should be at, at, at least 500 floors. And then you come around. You say, wow, Brother Peter, I'm telling you. And then you come around and you find squatters. Look at all these structures around. Single, single, single units. There are some family members who are perching somewhere. And then there are some rebels who have also perched somewhere. Then you give announcement that, please, I'm giving you a quick notice. In the next seven years, everybody who is not a family member must vacate all these places because I want to renovate this land and make something good out of it. The only way you can be pardoned is when you become a family member. Then I can just spare you. Other than that, I will pour my wrath on all squatters. God has been giving this quick notice and we are not hearing. You are not hearing. So one day he will decide, that, okay, before I pour my wrath upon all squatters, let me take my family members home first. So he takes the church away. Are you there? That's the reason for the rapture. He takes away the church. Unfortunately, he could not take away Israel because Israel rejected him. So because he has a covenant with Israel, he says, okay, I will let them go through the fires of judgment. Unfortunately, according to Zechariah, two thirds will be killed already. Come on. And the one third will be compelled to call on God in the name of Jesus. So Israel will be saved. Then after that, he now, the Antichrist and his false prophet goes into the everlasting fire. Satan is bound for 1,000 years. He purges all rebellion in 1,000 years. Then he now judges the wicked dead. And everybody whose name, I mean, who didn't go through any other judgment, he judges because he's the judge of all. And after everything, according to scripture, listen, according to scripture, there will be no more sea. The world to come, I'm just giving you an idea of what awaits us. There will be what? No more sea. Even our city, which is in heaven, will come from heaven and come and land on this earth. So we will dwell with the natural people. That is when the program of God will be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, you know, and whatever. That's when it will continue because the natural people who will move from the millennium into the world to come will now be marrying and multiplying. But we will be like the angels. Oh, I feel like talking them tongues. I can see the future. People of God, can I submit to you why I've, I've talked for long? It is simply because I don't want us to settle here. Don't settle here. It is true. This world will come and inherit it when we come back. 
will come and inherit it. But for now, they are squatters. And God wants to pour his wrath upon the squatters. So he, want, he doesn't want us to be part of it. So he wants us to live in hope of his coming. That's what we taught on what? The believer's hope. Then when we are gone, we shall come back and reign with him for a thousand years. And after the thousand years, there will be no more sea. Three quarters of the earth is covered with water. Sea. Can you imagine? Sea is no more. So all those who are into land litigation, you have a lot of land to occupy around. You are fighting over some one plot of land. Every day you are in court because of one plot of land. No more land litigation because Eodia is everywhere. Be fruitful and multiply. Thank God it will not even be us. It will be the natural people. We will be so glorified that in our city, we will not need sun. We will not need moon. Take note. The people who are living in the natural world, they will depend on, Bible says, as far as the Lord leads, you know, there will be what? Sun rising day and night will never cease. So it will be for the natural people, but for us, the glory of his presence is our light. There will be no more day. There will be no more night. We shall live with him forever. He's a glorified one, brother. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. Hey. It doesn't matter what you see in this life. Mm. It cannot be compared with the one that is to come. Live in hope of his coming. Expect his coming. Don't go through the fires of the great tribulation. Because it will be said that chances are that many will compromise. Because you cannot stand it. You, that is the day when you find some people. It has happened before and it will happen again. In the days of the nation Israel, there was a time when Samaria had besieged them and there was no food and they had to be eating their children. It will happen again. In those days, during the great tribulation, people would give birth and without remorse, they would just eat their babies. Because there's no food. It will be troublous times. It will be terrible. This world is full of wickedness. It is because we are around. That is why wickedness has not taken over. But when we are gone, you will see that there is wickedness in this world. Bible said the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That is when you will see unimaginable wickedness. Torture that doesn't kill. They will be torturing you and you cannot die. Because death says me to my time. Did you see death will also be cast into the everlasting fire? The first to go into the everlasting fire is his antichrist. The second is his false prophet. The third is Satan. Then death and hell. We also go there. Then everybody whose name is not in the book of life also go there. Please, can you imagine? An everlasting fire. And that thing will become a, a monument. The Bible says, one day when we teach this, you'll see that the natural people will be allowed from time to time to go and watch how they are suffering to remind them that it does not pay to sin. It will be a monument forever. Maybe that uncle you never saved, you will see him languishing in the everlasting fire. And you'll realize, oh, and there will be no more sin in God's universe. But forever, Brother, it is not for a thousand years. It's not for two thousand. It is forever. 